0: This is episode number 423 with founder at STEMI Makers Africa, Amanda Obedike. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, everybody. Super excited to have you back here on the show. Have you before heard somebody uh, say that Africa is the next big player in the world. Not just in data science, in the world in terms of um, technology, in terms of production, in terms of uh, contribution to um, the world, the way the future is going to be developing in in many ways. Uh, And the main reason for that is that Africa has a huge population um, that of over 1.2 billion. It's a massive continent. It's actually a gigantic um, space with lots of resources, lots of uh, opportunities, lots of different countries, lots of different cultures. And a lot of the population is not online yet, but with technology growing exponentially, they will be online soon. And that's, uh, that's when we'll be able to become part of this as uh, Peter Demanditz says, uh, this uh, global conversation around um, basically everything we do online. So there'll be lots of new people coming online and they'll be uh, becoming part of uh, this global conversation. So that's what's coming. And I've heard that a lot of times that Africa is the next big player. Africa, uh, and I love Africa. I personally grew up in Africa and I have a lot of uh, great memories about Africa, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's a great place. But I never had like clarity or the right insights because I haven't been back there for a long time or uh, in a in a substantial way. I haven't investigated what's going on, and this is the podcast to get an opportunity to find out more about that. So Amanda Obidike uh, is based in Nigeria, and uh, she actually went through a lot of the challenges herself that a lot of people are facing in Africa, she was able to overcome them and not only overcome them, but also help others overcome them. So in this podcast, you will find out what is going on in Africa in terms of specifically STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, uh, what are some of the challenges uh, that are faced by uh, countries and populations across the continent, and how uh, they can be addressed, and specifically how Amanda's organization STEMI Makers Africa is helping lots of people address those uh, challenges. Uh, Specifically, we'll be talking about uh, three main challenges in Africa right now. uh, Women in uh, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, unemployment, and education. So those are some of the topics we'll be covering off today. And in addition, you'll find out how you can participate, how you can help, how you can already today become a mentor and invest as little as two hours of your time per month to help change somebody's life in africa and help them get on track with a career in science technology engineering mathematics so tune in for this conversation about africa and find out how you can be a part of it and how you can help without further ado i bring to you amanda obedeke who is the founder of stemi makers africa here we go Welcome back to the Super Science Podcast, everybody. Super excited to have you back here on the show. We've got a super special guest calling in from Lagos, Nigeria, Amanda Obidike. Amanda, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I love to be here. Thank you.
0: That's so cool. 7 a.m. in Nigeria and you're like uh, full of energy. You're smiling. You're happy. <laughs> how how what's your advice how how does somebody get into such a positive mood so early in the morning
1: well (laughs) you know it's about waking up and being thankful for life for one thing because it's not ours so you know when you wake up and you find out that you are indeed alive and you are well you have to take the day as it is so Mm -hmm. and um i have quite a lot of um goals you know to accomplish today so i think the best is just putting on a smile and uh, (laughs) executing it while it goes
0: fantastic very cool and uh what's um what's the what's life like in nigeria i've never been to nigeria What, what can you tell us about lagos and um i don't know like if somebody were to come to lagos what's like the top three things they would love about your city
1: Okay, so uh, uh, my country as Nigeria is uh, we are happy people, you know, because Mm -hmm. I know you may have heard about some political instability, corruption as it is, but you know, we are people of hope. And um, I think that's what, you know, still keeps us moving. And, uh, you know, coming to Lagos, I think you're going to like our food. We have wonderful traditional delicacies. A lot of tourists, you know, love what we cook here and it's something that, you know, they go back to their country and they try to look for (laughs) Nigerian shops that they can uh, eat some. So, and uh, people, you like, we meet people, people who can, you know, be helpful, people who can uh, support you and also, another thing, we are very kind people. So, you know, Mm -hmm. interacting or blending in would not be a challenge. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So all the things <laughs> are like you. cultural and, uh, and about people. And uh, that's amazing. Um, great. Uh, well, yeah, I'd love to go one day. Sounds like, a, sounds like a great place to be.
1: Thank you.
0: And Nigeria has a big population, right?
1: Yes. Uh, we are the largest black nation in the world.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow. 195 million people in Nigeria. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: That is I it, right? that is That is huge. That is huge. Wow. That's a um that is a lot of people. Amazing. Okay. So, um a large population and um s- technology uh starting to pick up and mm-hmm. so that's where you come in, right? So, you uh I've watched a few of your um talks and appearances online um of how you encountered a situation i think it was in 2015 where you ended up underemployed tell us a bit about that because i think that's where your your journey into data science and into stem and into uh helping others really started
1: okay so um i went to a school in nigeria and um it's actually one of the best universities in Nigeria. It's called Opa Awolowo University. And uh, before we entered, we had this mentality of, you know, going to, if you go to one of the best schools, you are likely to get a better job upon graduation. But, you know, the reverse was the case because um, I read business management in school, but um, upon graduation, there was no job, you know, and um, one month went by, eight months went by, you're not doing anything. And, um, you know, it resulted to me being so depressed. You know, I was just so angry about everything. But, you know, it was not just about being angry. I needed to ask myself a lot of questions. I found out that uh, the jobs were there, really, but we just didn't have the technical skills to take those jobs. And uh, we had expatriates, you know, foreigners coming to take that job, uh, jobs. And uh, just because that was what um, the companies or our labor market needed. And uh, it was actually a very uh, wide economic disparity because I was not the only one deprived. I had friends, I had families that were all saying the same thing. And, um, you know, after research, I found out that technology, you know, has come to stay and there are a lot of drivers in it. Um, afterwards i got an opportunity with the ibm someone just you know linked me up to them and said hey yeah um, training on business intelligence data analytics and ai is something you should uh, try and um, i was first of all discouraged because i didn't have any prior knowledge to it but you know when i went to the innovation center i loved the ambience i loved how they were doing things and i started to envisage myself in that world and um, i think that was what propelled me to, you know, put in my best in the training. And after the training, goodness, like, I got, like, um, a mastery award in business intelligence and AI. But, uh, you know, the whole mentality thing is after you have these skills, you should be able to get a job. And uh, a few of my friends did. But I started looking inwardly. I said, uh, it's not just about landing myself a job why don't I help uh, young people like me, you know, to have these skills? Because a lot of people do not know that this exists. And um, that was what made me to start my NGO, where we can train people, not just only in data science, but other future-focused options that they can look into that our country needs and um, our continent needs. And um, it's been a tremendous experience because... I do not only help uh, young people, I also help businesses, you know, in evaluating their data, uh, farmers in Ivory Coast and the Gambia, you know. So it's uh, it's a field that I do not regret. It has been one of the life-changing experiences I've had. So, yeah, that's how I really got into data science.
0: That is really amazing to hear. And uh, so this IBM uh, training gave helped you get a kickstart in the past five years, uh, so I believe that was like around 2015, Um, well, since then, um, what kind of skills have you been able to pick up in the space of data science?
1: Okay, yes, machine learning, for one thing, you know, and um, what else? Data analytics, um, informatics, and also people management. It helps me to, you know, not just only evaluate this data, but also relating to um, maybe, for example, staff, you know, how they're, you know, integrating it into HR. I think that's another deprived area that, um, you know, people look into. So people just look at data as, okay, the business angle, you know, generating profits. But I also channel it to, you know, talent management on how do your staff feel? You know, Mm -hmm. are they happy on the job? Is there anything we can Mm -hmm. do, you know, to make them better? Because I know that uh, staff, they should be the number one resources in a business.
0: Yeah, okay, that's a good point. And machine learning, uh, you do that through Python, right? You said you're learning R. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, exciting. This episode is brought to you by Super Data Science, our online membership platform for learning data science at any level. We've got over 2,500 video tutorials, over 200 hours of content, and 30 plus courses with new courses being added on average once per month. So all of that and more you get as part of your membership at Super Data Science. So don't hold off. Sign up today at www.superdatascience.com. Secure your membership and take your data science skills to the next level. Do you have any example uh, projects you can share with us that you've done, you know, for other businesses or like with these skills that you've learned?
1: Uh, yes, yes. So um, I usually refer to this project a lot because it relates not just to business, but to um, our economy in Nigeria. So there was a project that uh, we deployed two years ago, and is a project in the lowest literate and densely populated state in Nigeria. It's called uh-huh. Kano State. It's so populated. And oh. it's not just only um, like the lowest literate, it's also a girl-child marginalized state. So, uh, and, you know, they have this belief that uh, Western education is a sin or is an atrocity. And uh, this has actually affected young girls to dream, you know, to go to school. So the whole mentality is if you're 12, you should start getting married. Now, that's a problem. So <laughs> we had to design this case solution that you know, can collect this uh, gender disaggregated data and start informing digital policies. We needed the numbers. We needed to know that even if this, uh, literacy is on the rise, we have to start informing the government on the need to educate this girl. So, uh, you know, it was so tough because now Nigeria, we aren't really refined in uh, data collection. It took us months, you know, to assess this data from, uh, the, uh, state education board. We did that, we evaluated and found out that it's an alarming rate of we have over 296,000 girls that are aged 4 to 15 years that do not have access to quality education. And, uh, you know, when we showed the numbers to the state government, you know, they were also shocked themselves. But, um, you know, it was not just about giving the numbers, we were asking ourselves, what do we do to correct this? Existing cultural, social, and gender bias, you know mm. not just for education but for their livelihood and um, that was when we started to you know talk to uh, their religious uh, hold, uh, leaders because you know they hold them in high cognizance, mm. and we now started like encouraging them, also giving orientation to their parents on the need of you know for these girls going back to school or having as little as just basic education. So uh, it was one thing to uh, address this need or to identify the numbers. And okay, let me also say that it was, um, the education level is just only 2.04%. So it's that bad. And uh, we just, just not only had to give in the numbers, but we had to design solutions that can you know, ensure that these girls are free to dream you know, they are free to excel and they are free to be who they want to be. So I usually use this example because um, anybody that is really conversant with Nigeria or Africa will know that um, 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 Islamism, if I'm permitted to say that, do not really like um, totally encourage um, education, but we were able to forge, you know, a flexible policy that can, you know, these girls can um, be part of, to have education
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay very interesting so uh with your data science skills you're able to derive insights and statistics about the population that weren't uh, visible before and then yeah. from that you're able to talk with the government or with uh, other bodies to uh, drive change to help yes. people yes yeah. amazing
1: um, I can also chip in another one. This one is uh, something we started last year and it's also still going into 2022. So uh, it's about uh, teachers also. So, you know, we have this uh, wall of, we've inherited a fragmented education institution in mm-hmm. school. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, when I was in the university, I even found out that a lot of friends who were in engineering, you know, they were either switching courses in, in the year year two year three, simply because uh, classes wasn't exciting or teachers weren't you know giving in that passion and enthusiasm in them, so it really demoralizing. And uh, you know when we had uh, when we took out some data and you know evaluating them in uh, three local governments in Lagos State, we found out that uh, we have over we have seven in eleven educators. That's uh, nearly sixty five percent. They do not have access to practical teaching tools. They do not have um, access to like a refined curriculum and all. So it's still the same, uh, you know, thing over and over again. But, um, you know, it also required us talking to the government because we do not just in a country like Nigeria, we do not just take actions on our own. We have to consult uh, the government. And we said, why don't we train teachers, you know, giving them the right tools? that they can, you know, integrate into their classroom so that students can see science and technology as an exciting course because they believe that mathematics is difficult, uh, science is, uh, is, is uh, difficult, but, you know, we needed to, you know, correct this from the foundation.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very interesting. And how do you get this data? So do you go and survey people or, um, like, I'm just curious, how, how does that all happen?
1: Yeah, so we we take out surveys, number one, but we also take out, uh, we also bring data from the government because now they have a, a basic education board. So they have the number of schools, the number of students that are enrolled in that school, how many people are graduating. Now, that's all just, it's just raw data because they haven't really like processed it or evaluated it. But we take it, we evaluate it, and we also return it to them saying, this is the outcome, this is what we have found and um how can we uh you know
0: use this uh information going mm-hmm. forward okay yes. okay so it sounds like your life really changed after uh, finishing university and being underemployed versus then uh taking uh, some courses and learning data science machine learning like completely different black and white right
1: yeah Day and <laughs>
0: night. yeah and so um uh is, is, do you think that's available to anybody do you think like anybody um, can like you said there's a there's a lot of population in Nigeria and uh, um, there's I, I heard that in uh, Africa there's about I think this is for a quote of yours uh, 200 million uh people aged between 15 to 24 uh, and the unemployment in the South population is over 40 percent right uh, would you say that uh, almost anybody can Uh, learn uh, STEM skills and thereby increase their chances of employment and more importantly in a uh, career that they will be enjoying.
1: Yes, yes, we believe so. Because, um, you know, we know that STEM is the solution one way or the other. And uh, in a country like Nigeria, where things are not totally working out, people want to are craving for solutions. So when we reach out to them or other organizations say, we want to give you these skills that, you know, can make you to be self-reliant. You don't necessarily need to depend on the government or your parents. Everybody's in and the passion goes in. So, uh, and now, because uh, we now create jobs out of it. So because, you know, life has been, life is going virtual. A lot of them get to have remote opportunities. So they don't necessarily need to go to Australia or the USA, they can have like whether it's intern opportunities or virtual kind of work that they can, you know, give and, you know, they, their lives are better. So, yes, STEM is actually the solution in our continent, irrespective of our numbers, our alarming population numbers.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. And is that why you started uh, STEM I?
1: Yes, I needed to address the leaky unemployment pipeline because uh, as it is, sadly, we have millions of young Africans who are underemployed and unemployed. So uh, we wanted to train them, you know, not just giving them that skills, but also, you know, they can leverage on our connection or certain kinds of opportunities that we have that can make them to start creating jobs for themselves or also, you know, um, Matched uh world standard or the continent standard in um in the labor force sorry
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay and so uh, stem usually uh in, in we all know stands for uh science technology engineering mathematics uh you've added i right stem i and the name of your organization stem i, I makers africa as i understand i stands for innovation why did you add the i
1: wow that's a good one so um STEM has actually been in existence. Um, You know, we've had science, technology and all, but that innovation is telling them that we can do STEM differently. So it's not like the routine STEM that you know, or, you know, it's just about bringing in project-based learning resources. It's about being able to design something because i say that no idea is new per se, but your innovation, whatever you bring in that differentiates you from uh, the competitor B, or uh, person B is innovation. So that innovation was what, you know, innovation is actually what's going to drive uh, the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a way of, you know, being unique. So it's not just about STEM I as innovation, but STEM I, like personified, like I am STEM.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. STEM I. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's, what's your mission at STEM I? Because this is the really interesting part. Which you told me just before the podcast and what I learned about your organization I like I want to know the problems that you're addressing in the in Africa right and you said Africa and the Mena region which is middle middle East and uh, North Africa nations right uh, north Asia north Africa north Asia not sure really um so basically I want to know what uh, problems that you're addressing uh what what are the problems that exist because you know people this is this is a very interesting opportunity for me to learn more about this because a lot of the time i hear africa 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 is the next uh first of all i love africa like i grew up in africa in in zimbabwe so but i haven't been back there for so long but now i'm hearing that africa is the next big uh player uh in the global market in global world because a a huge population right just nigeria alone 195 million people right the whole of africa is a huge population a uh, huge landscape, it's like, it's massive, a massive continent with lots of resources, lots of opportunities, uh, and also technology, right? Te- there's a lot of people who are not online, but technology is going exponentially, so more and more people are going to be online. A lot of those people are in Africa. So like, I- I'm just hearing these things. You're there, you're living it. So I would love to know what are the challenges that are faced on the continent of Africa, and, and what exactly, what specifically does your organization do to address them at scale?
1: Okay, so um, first things first, we address the underrepresentation of women and girls in technology and STEM. You know, we believe that uh, women contribute majorly to the economic development of a nation. And uh, if we want that to happen, we need to uh, champion these women at the forefront. So uh, a lot of women, most times, sadly, are confined to the kitchens or, you know, just get married and that's all. But we, mm-hmm. want, we are preparing them that uh, there is more to life, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we are also catching them young. And uh, one of the ways we do this is our mentoring program. It's called uh, Project Kongoza. Congoza mm-hmm. is a Swahili language for to lead, like leadership. So it's mm-hmm. empowering young women and girls to lead. And uh, we pair them to uh, professional women in uh, STEM who are either in diaspora or who are already in the continent to give them this career and academic support. And also the confidence that they need to navigate the market, because graduating is one thing, being confident is another thing, mm-hmm. you know. So we, we, we have this program and it's virtual. So And it's a way of understanding different cultures. So you're not just only confined to, you understand only Nigeria or Ghana. So it's a way of, you know, mixing them up. And it has been tremendous. Good enough, we've had support from very few women who are already giving in their time and resources to ensure that these girls are well-prepared. Then another one is our, you know, increase in unemployment. We have the population, but we ask ourselves yearly how many is the government how many um, opportunities is the government preparing for them and you find out that is just two in ten youths who graduate from universities that are getting jobs so what happens to the eight so you see that uh, this disparity is uh, is frightening and uh, why we what we do around this is giving them certain kind of skills that they need you know to upskill themselves So whether it's about being an entrepreneur in data or web development, fine, but just have these uh, skills because these skills are not even, you can't even find these skills in the university. We have this theoretical approach still in our universities, sadly. So, you know, you don't have these skills. So we give them these skills uh, through, through trainings, through webinars, workshops, and also internships. Then the third one is uh, our education. Now, our education is also, um, is also a sad thing because we have teachers that are not refined. And um, most times teachers enter into that job because they don't have um, like opportunity you know, to enter into the job market. So they enter because they're helpless. And uh, that's not so good because you know when they enter because they're helpless, they are not enthusiastic on the job. You know, they just teach and they do not care. But we teach them on, you know, loving their jobs, adding a lot of excitement and energy just to ensure that they are uh, building the younger generation. So um, that's like three major things. Well, apart from, you know, setting political instability, but, you know, that's actually something that we can't really do on our own. So the things that we can do on our own, we design programs around it just to ensure that, we are either touching uh, the teachers or the women and girls or the youth generally
0: mm-hmm. wow very cool thank you so just to recap the three problems you outlined are uh, underrepresentation of women in stem and moreover uh it's the whole like mentality about uh what um, you know the, the disparity between genders and what the women are expected to do with their uh, lives and not have a career, and how that is uh, changing, and how women can and should be contributing to lots of different areas, including STEM. Uh, then, and that you address with the mentoring program that you have, the Project Congoza. Uh, then, unemployment. Um, so, lots of uh, like a uh, huge population. Uh, unemployment, uh, you mentioned at the start that. Uh, lots of jobs. I think this is what you mean by leaky job uh, pipeline. That lots of jobs go to expats and people who have the skills, but actually, it's just a question of skills. So that you address by providing access to skills or like helping people learn these skills that they need uh, to get these jobs. And final one is education in terms of like the teachers, right? So you you actually help uh, by training teachers to. Uh, be able to teach in a way that they love and in a way that they will pass on this empowerment to other people. True, true. Thank okay, you. okay. Very interesting. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, very interesting. So tell, let's talk a bit about this project, Congoza. Is this the one that you mentioned before the podcast where uh, you're looking for people who, who can volunteer um, from anywhere in the world as mentors, whether they're men or women? Is that the project?
1: Yes, it is. It is. Okay. It's a virtual project, and uh, you know we're calling out for we are in need of mentors. You know because this we have them already. We uh, the last application we had we had nine hundred plus of them, and we just nice. had we just had forty five mentors. So you can see how <laughs> desperate yeah. we need uh, hands. You know to come on board.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's very cool. So how can somebody? uh listening to this podcast so just just to clarify it doesn't so this project helps young women and girls uh get up to speed and uh be empowered in this area of stem um how uh, but the mentors can be from anywhere so this project is focused on young women and girls in africa and the MENA nations uh but the mentors can be from anywhere in the world right from uh, America, from Europe, from Africa, yes. from Australia, Asia, anywhere. So, and it can be either male or female. So, pretty much anybody listening to this podcast can get involved. Uh, how? How can they get involved? Where? Where do they contact you? Or there's application form, or or and and what does it entail? What does this involvement require?
1: Okay, so um, we value our mentors. Also, we know that uh, they already have their lives and they have work. So, one of the commitments we usually seek out is um, availability if you are willing to give at least two hours in a month, which I know that uh, most times we get a positive response on that. So it's about the timing. And uh, if you are willing to give at least two hours, please sign up. You, you mustn't have like tons of years of experience in data or in technology. We just want uh, these girls to hear your story and, uh, you know, how you excel in whatever you do, they can learn from it and all. So in reaching to us, we have uh, social media pages on uh, LinkedIn. Just, you know, you can give us a follow or send us a message. And uh, it's also on our website. There's a form under the uh, STEMI women in the website. So you can indicate interest and uh, we'll, we'll reach out to you immediately.
0: What's the website?
1: Uh, STEMIafrica.org. o r g.
0: Okay, gotcha. And then you go to STEMI women there.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Two hours a month. That is not much at all. I thought you were going to say two hours a week, but two hours <laughs> a month, virtually anybody should be able to find two hours a month for a cause like this to help people. And you said what, you have 900, you had 900 applications. How many mentors do you have at present?
1: Presently now, we, we had 45 this year, but we've had, uh, we've had 37 the preceding year. And um, why we 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 had a new strategy because you know they are so few, so we started men, uh, pairing them four to one, like four mm-hmm. mentees to one mentor. But you know, in a very convenient matter manner, where uh, you don't necessarily need to have one different um, different meetings with them. You can create mm-hmm. like a WhatsApp group, for example, or you know, just like a, on, on on Telegram. And you can have a conversation with them and you can decide on, okay, when is the day that everyone will feel comfortable, you know, to have a Zoom call. So, you know, everybody's coming on board at the same time. So it's uh, a collective one. And it's also a way for these mentees to learn from each other, like peer-to-peer mentoring. So, mm-hmm. yes.
0: Okay, fantastic. So and you're planning to scale this initiative?
1: Yes, big time. 2021, mm-hmm. we, we are ready. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay. What's your goal?
1: We would like to reach out to more of them, especially, and, uh, you know, also reduce the ages and increase. uh, We we used to put it at uh, age 15 to 25, but we're looking at, you know, putting it 15 to uh, 30, because we also know that there are people in late uh, 20s like me, That, you know, they are also passionate about this, but they do not have the opportunity. So we want to, you know, increase the age uh, limit.
0: Okay. How do you address the problem that uh, some of these people, as you said, like, especially in these highly populated areas, they don't even have access to Internet or or even a computer. How do you, or maybe not at the moment, but do you have a plan on how you will help people like that? Uh, in those situations, uh, sometime in the in the coming years.
1: Yeah, that that's a good question. So um, we had some mentees mm-hmm. in Uganda who are in like in remote villages and they do not have you know as basic as uh, data, which we still have issues of data in uh, in Africa and in Nigeria. So uh, we work with uh, some centers. For example, there's a center called Makuba Center. They have like systems. So these girls go on a particular day to use their system and you know uh, have um, a meeting if need be with their mentors. So uh we know that these challenges exist, but we try to look out for local partners who can help these uh, girls to you know assess this mentoring. hmm
0: hmm Okay, okay, gotcha. Um all right, uh, so how what kind of results are you seeing like how many i don't know girls or um talk uh, we talk about unemployment so youths youths or how many teachers have you been able to help along the way you know how long have you been doing this for
1: okay so uh two, two plus years um, two plus february years. yes february we make it 3 years that we, we okay. got established you know as STEMI makers okay. africa And um, the numbers are increasing because we are not just only in Nigeria. We're already in uh, 19 sub-Saharan countries. And uh, by February, we'll be adding two more years. So you see that the need is arising and uh, resources is needed. So we have, we've been fortunate to, you know, partner and collaborate with organizations like the IBM Good Enough. Uh, The U.S. Consulate has also been good, you know, to us. But, um, we, we would like to, you know, design sustainable programs for these girls. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Some of these mentors ha- have really been so amazing to these mentees. So while on the, during the mentoring program, they share opportunities. I learned mm-hmm. that two mente- mentees are going to be getting scholarship, you know, to go in for their master's by next year. Now, that's awesome because, mm-hmm. you know, they are transitioning from like point A to point B. So it's either they are trans- transitioning from education to employment or, you know, they're uh, they transitioning to advanced education. Um, so, but that's why we, you know, we want to partner with as many people as possible because we know that these opportunities are out there, but we want to serve as the middleman you know, to connect them to these opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of opportunities, this is another quote of yours uh, from an interview. Uh, globally, the need for STEM jobs accelerates between 38 to 42% every year. Are you seeing the same thing in Africa? And what are the industries specifically where the STEM jobs are growing?
1: Yes, it's alarming in, in Africa, especially in Nigeria. I don't have the precise numbers in Nigeria because it's gonna, you know, it, it requires you know, getting as many data as possible. But um, even in this uh, alarming number we are not really jo- we're not only relying on okay jobs you know for them but we are also teaching them to be self-reliant like you know you can be a, a data scientist and be a consultant on your own you don't necessarily need to wait for a 9 to 5 job yeah. you can you know be an entrepreneur so it's about them creating jobs for themselves and it's a way of um you know keeping their hopes balanced so it's not like you have the mentality that after I finish being trained by Stemi, I'm going to have a job. We're also telling you that if the job don't come, you need to start something on your own. And uh, it's been beautiful, by by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, great. And so, what what are your best tips for um, somebody who's gotten the training? Um, how to how to get a job or how to start something on their own?
1: Okay, so I usually tell them, you know, during our webinars, is um, connection you have to connect with as many people as possible. Like on LinkedIn, for example, we also teach them like, a, we call it LinkedIn makeup. So it's a way of, you know, designing your LinkedIn profile in a very good way so that in case, um, you know, recruiters come on your page, they are okay, they're encouraged. And also it's about pitching themselves on social media and also following uh, influencers like in data science or in technology, you know, read from their stories, from you know there are sometimes they give tips and hacks you can learn from it and uh, you are also building yourself in experience so um yeah that's what we did. we just tell them okay collaborate connect with people because you never know who your helper in quotes is so mm-hmm. you just just get prepared <laughs> mhm
0: mm-hmm. okay okay that's a, that's great advice connection absolutely absolutely important um do you, do you do anything to facilitate those connections?
1: Uh, yes. One thing is our Project Kongoza uh, community. We have this community of women, and uh, they've been amazing. Most of them are researchers, you know, PhD uh, candidates, or uh, lecturers. So we try to leverage on their network. And uh, most times, if we see something similar to what uh, a youth read, we just connect them, and you know, they take it off from there.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if that, that answered
1: your question.
0: No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, community is absolutely important to get, get things going like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, I liked your quote. Uh, one time you said that the world is moving uh, and it cannot wait. Uh, you said it cannot wait for Africa in the sense of technology. And that yeah. you, we need to step up and i think that's that's beautiful that like the world is moving on and everybody uh you know can make that conscious choice do i step up and uh participate in something like this and and grow my own skills and uh move forward so yeah it's uh it's important for people to be able to help each other but also to make that decision to uh go forward what kind of like do you ever see Do you see people picking it up with enthusiasm or do you sometimes or often see resistance and people being like um, scared about uh, STEM or being maybe uh, doubtful that uh, this is the right path for them?
1: Yeah, so it it depends on the uh, geographical location. Take for instance, like the North that on a normal day, they do not really believe in education, you know, coercing them or making them see reasons for STEM, and other, you know, we experience such challenges. But uh, we try to identify with local stakeholders who are ready for change. Uh, I believe that anybody that is ready for change will be ready for STEM because we ask them, do you see how Germany or the USA is, uh, their economy is? And everybody is nodding. We say, why don't we, you know, look into STEM? Because I think that uh, STEM and research, I know that STEM and research are, you know, one of the strong uh, things that the USA, you know, really invest in. So uh, we try to identify with um, stakeholders that understand the need, you know, to integrate development, however, whether it's through education or through research or through STEM itself. And uh, we have resistance all the same, but, you know, we still keep pushing because I know that it doesn't come easy, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the resistance will be there, but we just look for strategies around it to, Make them understand that whether or not you like it, we need to, you know, integrate all this.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's a great way of uh, putting it. I have a an interesting question for you. Um, might be a bit like, might be a bit uh, uh, tough, uh, a tough one to investigate, but it's still it's important. I think. What what do you do, or how do you distinguish, define? Whether STEM is the right thing for a certain person or not, like because there are people out there who don't want to go into STEM, they want to maybe learn uh, arts, and they want to uh, maybe like learn, uh, be like ha- yeah, have a career in nursing or something, something like that that's completely unrelated to STEM. Um, I I think it's very admirable to create opportunities for people to learn STEM, but. Uh, how do you make sure that, or do you do you uh, ask this question, like uh, is there a way for you to tell if if a person is actually going to be happy in uh, going into STEM?
1: Okay, yeah, so uh, first things first, not everyone, you know we don't encourage everyone to like go into STEM because we also have wonderful opportunities outside of STEM. But uh, we we look at uh, someone's creativity. For instance, or you know, you are doing certain things in uh, some machining and uh, you know some kind of things that you are able to design. We try to focus, you know, look at this and say, okay, we can give you project-based learning tools, you know, that you can integrate into this to make it better. We can connect you to a programmer or a prototype engineer to refine it. But why I'm saying this is, is not we don't you know clamor for everyone to enter into STEM. We just see that okay, this child has a passion for engineering or for technology. And uh, why don't we do this for the person? So,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you look at, at the passions that they already have. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Um, so we talked a lot about um, the Project congoza and uh, how people can participate in that and the, the mission to help uh, uh, young women and girls. Um, I heard that in Nigeria there's about 13 million children uh, who are not in school. Um, w- what uh, initiative do you have there? You, you mentioned like the skills, like helping people get the skills. Is this like a specific project that um, uh, is, is undergoing? Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Okay, yeah, we have undergoing projects. Uh, last year, for instance, we partnered with the U.S. Consulate to train teachers in Three local governments in Lagos State, and for next year we'll be training five states. It's going to be huge, though, in uh, Nigeria. So uh, and it's going. To, it's also located in the southeastern region, where um you know where I my parents are from. You know, I live in Lagos as a city in the city, but my parents originally were from the eastern part of uh, uh, Nigeria. So um we not just only want to train these teachers, you know, to integrate better uh, uh, learning into their classroom. But we also want to help themselves as role models and also, you know, better their lives. You know, like I earlier said, not all teachers are really passionate about teaching. Most of them just find themselves they're out of helplessness, no job and all. But we want to also, uh, um, you know, build them in capacity. We you know they have wonderful dreams. So it's a way of you don't necessarily need to be a teacher forever. You know, we are giving you these opportunities, like uh, certain kind of free courses that they do not know exist. We have this e-learning platform where they can access certain courses like that for free, you know, learn on it. And, you know, if it's a particular job you want, for example, in business intelligence, you can give it a shot. So it's not just about them pouring in. We also want to pour into these teachers, you know, because um, Mm -hmm. they have aspirations as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Um and um have you noticed uh, you know so you've been doing this for three years have you noticed any kind of like shifts uh that have ha- have been happening in in the whole um like of nigeria or maybe in africa like how has the playing space the the playing arena for Technology and employment. How has it developed? Is it like? Is it becoming better? Is it becoming worse uh, over time? Are there more people that are getting uh, employed? More uh, STEM opportunities that are being filled by uh, locals, or uh, is the situation uh, like becoming more alarming?
1: Um, well, you know, we are, it's a process. It's really a process because a country like Nigeria, where things you know had long been. Uh, mismanaged, you know, we can't just, you know, <laughs> snap our fingers and everything goes right. For instance, mm. uh, you know, during the training we had with teachers earlier on, we gave every of these teachers in different schools a task to um, have STEM clubs in their schools. Now, uh, the good thing about it is uh, before COVID happened in March 2020, these uh, schools were able to design wonderful projects. And um, we were able to get investors for three of these schools. One designed like um, a smart home, you know, device. I know we already have setting something related to that, but it's such, it's so cheap, you know, where you can wherever you are, you can control your home and uh, you know the appliances. But we looked at these talents, and we were amazed because these kids are just fifteen years old. But you can see how. Uh, you know, with good mentorship, you know, from their teachers, you know, and refined teaching, they were able to design something. So um, I'm saying this because uh, we are seeing changes, whether it's on the education level and whether it's even on the employment level. For instance, um, farmers that we helped, you know, give some IOT and help them in their data, they helped, we helped them in um, Boya, Cameroon, because we have this, uh, you know, farmers do not have... um, good um, preservation method in a tomato so you know they plant tomato and you know when tomato comes out it comes out like in large quantity and you know they, they end up spoiling it so we helped these farmers you know to manage losses to manage preservation to know how like the quantity of these tomatoes are going to be so it's not just about you know education or employment but it's also you know, coming down to whether it's the informal sector or sectors like agriculture.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So, from your from this discussion, I'm gathering that some of the major uh, areas that require uh, s- technology or uh, STEM skills are uh, um, agriculture, including farming, yes. um, population, right? So, like. Uh, community things and governmental things that are to do with population, because it's growing so fast. Um, what are maybe some maybe mining? I guess there's quite a lot of mining happening in in Africa, right? So that's another field. Any other fields that come to mind where there's quite a lot of demand uh, into which some of these people that you're training or teaching mm-hmm. that eventually they might be able to get jobs in those fields? Yeah,
1: yes.
0: Yeah, any, any, any industries that you can think of apart from agriculture, um, government, and mining? Anything else?
1: Okay, yeah. Um, well, entrepreneurship. You know, because now that jobs are not available, a lot of people are going into, you know, online, um, you know, being like online vendors, buy, sell, you bring from China, you sell. You know, yeah. so they are creating jobs and they are, you know, establishing businesses on their own. Then another striking one is uh, the fintech industry because Nigeria, we have, um, that's another emerging field because, you know, we do a lot of transactions and a country that, you know, we um, import a lot of things, uh, fintech, the fintech industry is growing in an alarming rate, but, uh, you know, we we have, um, we have little traction into that. So what we just do is um, we try to partner with uh, organizations who can, give these young uh, people internship opportunities or, you know, job shadowing where they can learn on the job for six months. And after that, you know, they go get to do something. They look out for something better.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Um, Amanda, that's, that's a, a very cool overview of uh, what's going on on the continent and uh, what you are participating in. Um, anything else you'd like to share with us before we wrap up that, uh, you know, with our audience, any other interesting things, opportunities, or, I don't know, wishes for the future?
1: Um, well, yes. Uh, I would like to you know, encourage the audience on uh, data. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we have this saying now. I think I wrote some, I made a thread on it on, on Twitter. I said that uh, data is the new oil. Why mm-hmm. I said that is because um, Africa, for instance, we depend solely on our mineral resources our natural resources nigeria depends on crude oil that's where like all our money comes in and i tell them that data is a new oil because um, one way or the other things are going to you know replace this oil we already have energy cars you know we have solar panels we don't necessarily need to depend on fuel generators now uh, i'm saying this because now that is emerging, we need to prepare ourselves. We need people that are going to be managing this data and evaluating it for whether business purposes or whether better decisions. So, um, there are a lot of wonderful opportunities in data science alone that I would admonish people to look into, whether it's um, solution architecture or business intelligence, whatever. Please look into it, you know, grow yourself in that skill. Because um, it's an emerging field and the need is there. We have very few people that are data scientists. And, uh, you know, it's already data science is already coming into all the industries, whether formal sector, informal sector. But we ask ourselves the question, do we have the, the people who are going to be like championing this data? So it's time that, uh, you know, we look into this field. It's a wonderful course, it's a wonderful experience, it's a life changing one. So <laughs> let's consider it
0: fantastic fantastic thank you so much amanda uh it's uh it's been a pleasure and also in addition to what you said um i recommend for people to check out this project where they can be mentors once again it's at stem s-t-e-m-i org. you can find information about it there uh thank you so much amanda uh, for coming on the show oh one I more have thing one. Yeah, where... yeah,
1: yeah my yeah, favorite yeah. book
0: yeah, your book. Yeah, that's exactly it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I started reading this book. It's amazing. I call it, it's, it's actually called um, Understanding Machine Learning From Theory <laughs> to Algorithm. It's, uh, it's a book by Shai Shalev-Shwartz and uh, Shai by David. I don't know if I pronounced it well. <laughs> but, you know, the book gives us a deeper understanding of machine learning and algorithm that uh, yeah. you know, we, we can implement from scratch. And I think a lot of people would yeah. like that. So, and it's one of the perfect uh, references that I give for implementing algorithm yourself. So please look into the book. You'll find it amazing.
0: That's very cool. I haven't heard of this book before. And indeed, it's uh, Understanding Machine Learning from Theory to Algorithms by Shai Ben David and Shai Shalev Schwartz. Very, very (laughs) interesting. Okay, cool. So that's the book. And uh, where can people um, follow you or contact you and uh, find out more about these projects?
1: Okay, so um, my name on Twitter is Amanda Chippy and uh, I don't know if I can type this here.
0: No, no, it's okay. We'll share it in the show notes. So Twitter and LinkedIn, I guess.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Twitter so and I, LinkedIn. I'm and active. the website
1: Yeah,
0: well, website we've uh, talked about, Stay My Africa. So you said you were active?
1: Okay, yes. Um, I don't really say much on Twitter, but I'm always available. I like watching what we do yeah. there. And uh yeah. yeah, I would also like to talk about a just concluded programme we did. I don't know if you may have heard about it. Is uh way? Black in Data. We had this last week, it was like one of the largest data week we've had ever. So it was yeah, a way well. of collaborating with uh, young data yeah. analysts and professionals that are black people, whether black Africans or yeah. whether you know in diaspora, and you know, we put in a wonderful week program. We brought in phenomenal we, uh, people in uh, data, you know, to talk to people and uh, you know also give them certain opportunities that they did not know existed. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about this.
0: amazing, amazing. That's really cool. So where can people find out more about that?
1: Uh, on linked oh uh, sorry, on Twitter. It's called Twitter. BL, BLK in Data. Black in okay. Data. Yes.
0: Yeah. Awesome, fantastic. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been uh, a lot of fun and I learned quite a bit about uh, what's going on in Africa.
1: Thank you so much. Although I didn't really talk about data science, which I would have loved to, but all the things.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So there you have it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. I personally loved learning about what is going on in Africa, what... um, on one hand, some of the challenges are, but also on the other hand, how they are are being addressed and how Amanda is participating in addressing those challenges. Uh, It sounds like um, while they are challenges, the future is bright and uh, with the advancement of technology, more opportunities will open up and more people will be able to get on board with programs such as uh, the STEMI uh, project, including project Congoza more and more people will be able to uh, develop their skills and be part of uh, the workforce uh, in the space of technology very exciting episode if you have those two hours uh, per month that you would like to invest into helping somebody in Africa or in the MENA region uh, get on their feet, get up and going and build a career uh, in technology, then you know where to go. The website is stemiafrica.org and there you can uh, join to participate in Project Congoza or other initiatives that Amanda and her team are running. As usual, you can find the show notes at superdatascience.com 423. That's superdatascience.com 423. There you'll find the transcript for this episode, uh, the video of our session, any materials we mentioned, any books, and of course, the URLs for the SemiAfrica.org website, Amanda's LinkedIn and Twitter. Make sure to connect and uh, get in touch with Amanda and see if, you know, maybe you have some suggestions or some questions. And if you enjoyed this episode and you know somebody who is passionate about Africa or is passionate about helping people or would like to learn more about what's, what's happening in the continent that is going to bring so many people to this global conversation, send them this episode. It's very easy to share. Just send them the link, superdayascience.com slash four hundred and twenty-three. On that note, thank you so much for being here today. I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. And I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing.